Welcome to our Rolling Hills Community Church Sermon Podcast. I'm Chloe Rogis, and I'm on our communications team here at Rolling Hills. As we continue in our series, Engage, today you'll hear from Pastor Jeff as he teaches from Ephesians 4. We all have different gifts, skills, and ability that God's given us. So how can we use those to minister to others and strengthen the body of Christ? Let's jump into today's message and learn more. to give you hope and the future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Good morning, good morning, Rolling Hills Church family. It's so good to be together today. Welcome everybody here at Franklin. Welcome everybody who's joining us online from wherever you are in the city, the country, the world. We're so glad that you're here. And welcome back to our series. We're in this great series called Engage. And that's what God's calling us to do spiritually because we've said this, we live in a culture that just likes to sit back and watch, right? That's kind of our culture, right? We we sit back and watch sporting events. We sit back and we watch concerts. Uh, We're on Netflix all the time. People sit back and just scroll through social media all the time and watch how other people live. You know, it's just like, that's our culture. And sometimes that can creep over into our lives spiritually, right? And we just kind of go, okay, well, I'll just kind of sit back and watch other people do ministry. And and yet God's saying, no, no, engage. I want you, I want you to serve. I want you to make a difference. Uh, You know, it's football time, uh, finally here in Tennessee, and so everybody's getting excited and you know, the preseason games are happening. But whenever training camp happens, whether it's high school or college or pros, you know what the coaches do when they get all the players together? It doesn't matter if you're a 15-year vet or you're a rookie. The coaches start with the fundamentals, right? They get everybody together. They're like, okay, guys, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go over these five things for these six days. We're going to talk about blocking and tackling. We're going to talk about, you know, the quarterback center exchange. We're going to talk about handoffs. You know, we're going to talk about passing and catching and and it's the fundamentals. Before they give them this complicated playbook and say, hey, figure all this out, they go, hey, if we can master these fundamentals, then we're gonna be doing it, right? And you look at the great teams, and they're the teams they don't make the mistakes. They're the great teams that are doing with the fundamentals. And here we are spiritually talking about that. For 40 days, we wanna grow deeper in our faith and stronger in our love for God. And sometimes we look at the Bible and we're like, it's so complicated, right? I mean, this big playbook and all these things, and and you remember one day Jesus was asked by this guy, he comes up and he says, Jesus, there's 613 laws in the Old Testament. What's the most important? And what did Jesus say? Do all of these things. No, he said, love God, love others. <laughs> How about that? Just love God, love others. You, you live that out and you're gonna be fulfilling the will of God. So we've looked at the early church in Acts chapter two and we saw that they devoted themselves, right? It wasn't a small church. We were talking 3,000 people from Acts 2, right, who accepted Christ, the church is growing, and they devoted themselves, they engaged in these seven fundamentals, these seven aspects of spiritual growth. And so the first week we talked about community, right, being in community with one another, loving each other. Last week, Pastor Jacob did a great job talking about discipleship, you know, spending time in God's word individually, and then, you know, like it says in Acts 2, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. You know, they're growing in the word of God. 
And then today we're gonna talk about ministry. We're gonna talk about how do we live that out. You know, in a football game, right, they huddle up. And they get in the huddle, but they don't stay in the huddle. You know, at some point you gotta break the huddle, right? And it's great. We huddle up as a church. But then God goes, ready, break, let's go, right? Go, live it out. And that's what we're gonna talk about today and next week. How do we live out what God's teaching us? How do we do the fundamentals of the Christian life and grow deeper in our spiritual walk with the Lord? So I'm glad you're here today because I'm excited about this. So if you have a Bible with you, I invite you up with me to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians, New Testament. If you're online, you can go to Version or go to the Rolling Hills app. Find God's word with us there. And I want you to see this, you know. So Ephesians, right there. It's Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, right there in that area. You know, you got the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Then you go Acts, and then Romans, 1st, 2nd, Corinthians, and Galatians, Ephesians. So we're in Ephesians chapter four. And if you look at the kind of the heading for this section in Ephesians chapter four, it says, unity and maturity in the body of Christ. So he's saying, here's how you have unity, and here's how you have maturity. Here's how you grow in your faith. Here's how you mature. And so come over to verse 11, and it says this. So Christ himself, so remember they're writing to the church, talking about the church, how the church is supposed to be, and it says, so Christ himself. This isn't some man-made idea. This wasn't coming out of some strat-ops meeting, right? This is like Christ himself for the church gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers. So what does that mean? It means there's some people who are called to vocational ministry. There's some people who are called, right, to be a staff. And you've got apostles, man, that's leadership, right? The prophets, spiritual discernment. The evangelists, keeping us on mission, telling people about Jesus. The pastors, shepherding the people, taking care of needs, praying, ministering to people in the hospitals, right? And teachers, teaching God's word. So you have church staff, you have people that are called out to do that. Now I gotta tell you, here at Rolling Hills, I think we have the greatest church staff in the world. I know I'm biased, I get it, you know, but, but I'm just telling you, I love our staff team. We've got incredible godly men and women and we, we love serving God together. You know, we've got multiple campuses and campus pastors and, and everybody's working together. I mean, kids ministry and adults and, and it's awesome to see. I mean, we're only 18 years old as a church, and many of our staff have been here like 14, 15, 16 years. I mean, we're, we all love being together and serving. But here's what it says. We didn't just give to the church staff so that everybody else can just kind of sit back and watch. It was, hey, verse 12, here's the church staff, why? To equip his people for works of service. What? I thought it was just you guys do that. He's like, no, 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 no. To equip to equip the saints, to equip his people for works of service, why? So that the body of Christ may be built up. So that the church may be strong, the church will make a difference. Man, the world needs the church today. I mean, where else is the hope? Who's gonna take care of the needs of people around? Right, not the world, it's the church. And throughout the world, Christ is going, this is how it works. Everybody engaged, everybody serving, everybody using their gifts, right? So the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith. Now, boy, unity. Man, doesn't our world need unity today? I mean, we live in this world, it's just like you watch the news, and man, your heart breaks because there's so much disunity, there's so much anger and dissension, or you scroll through social media and you're like, wow, oh man, and your heart just breaks, and, and you're thinking, man, I wanna be in the church. 
Because the church is unified in Christ. It doesn't mean we all have the same beliefs about everything, right? There's different opinions and thoughts, but man, we are unified in Christ. Unity in the faith, and it is so sweet when there's unity. <laughs> They're so sweet when you're for one another. They're so sweet when you just go, man, I don't know, we may not agree on this, but man, I know we're on the same team, and man, I know I love you, brother, you know? And it's like, man, that is awesome. Unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, it's all about Jesus, don't miss that, and become mature. Become mature, man, we wanna grow. We wanna become mature in our spiritual faith, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Now, has anybody here attained to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ? Not yet? Okay, we still have a job to do, right? We still have work to do. That's our calling. When you become a Christ follower, right, it's not that God's done with you and you accept Christ and God just immediately takes you to heaven. God leaves you here and you walk through challenges and difficulties, but you walk with brothers and sisters in Christ and you mature in your faith. It's called sanctification. And ultimately, that we look more and more like Jesus that's God's goal for us. That's God's goal for you. And he does that through us together as his church. I love seeing this. All right, if you're taking notes today, here's some things I'd love for you to write down. So if you've got a worship guide, you wanna write some things down. If you're online, you wanna go to the Rolling Hills app, you can fill in some blanks with us as well. But we're talking about Engage for 40 days, the spiritual growth. How do we do that, right? I mean, the huddle is great and we need that, but how do we engage? Look at this, we are all called to minister. And I want you to see that, we are all called to minister. And many of you are thinking, not me, right? <laughs> I'm not a minister, right? I don't like to walk around with a collar or something. That's not me, right? I mean, I've done some things in the past. I'm not, oh yeah, hold on, hold on, you are. See, to equip his people, if you're a follower of Christ, to equip his people for works of service, for works of service. Hey, serving in the church is ministry. That's what it is. It's serving in the church. And a lot of times we kind of disqualify ourselves. We're like, no, 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 no. You know, I didn't go to seminary. Right? I don't know all the books of the Bible. Right? I don't know where everything is. Right? I, I don't know enough. I can't do that. But think about this. When Jesus called his disciples, did he call a bunch of seminary students, right? He called a bunch of people who were like in the Sanhedrin, the leadership of the Jewish community. No, he called a bunch of fishermen. He called a bunch of business guys. And he said, hey guys, come follow me. Come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. I will change you. I will use you in ways you never dreamed. And that's what he did in their lives. And they became the leaders of the early church. That was the early church staff. In Acts chapter two, those were the guys who were the apostles who were leading the church, and those were the guys who were equipping the saints, and, and God was working through them. See, it's not about you, it's about him. And it's about what God can do through you for his glory. That's what God wants to do, and that's when we engage. Hey, look at this one. This one's one of our core values at Rolling Hills. You know, as a church, we have eight core values that hold us together, from preschool ministry to men's ministry to student ministry, everything holds together with these eight. And number one is love. We'll love the Lord our God and love those around us with the love of Christ, right? Number two, right, is to reach. We wanna reach out. It's not just, hey, this is a country club. This is us doing the work of Jesus and sharing the love of Christ. And number three is to grow. We want you to be deeper spiritually a year from now than you are right now. We want you to mature. And number four is this, it's to minister. We say every person is a minister at Rolling Hills if you're in Christ and essential to this body of believers. You're essential here. Number five is 
my wife's favorite uh, core value, and that's joy. You know, we just have a core value of joy. We want church to be enjoyable. We want you to be here. I mean, I love, I talk to people, they go, I love going to church. I'm like, I do too. They go, my kids love going. I'm like, I, great. You know, my kids do too. I mean, joy, and then we've got change and excellence and prayer. But these are core values of the church. How do we minister? How do we grow? Hey, you have a role to play in God's church. You have a role to play in God's church. And I don't want you to think, man, I just kind of can slip in or slip out. No, 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 you've got a role to play. You know, you know, I love when like the secular world discovers biblical principles and then they think, oh, this is so incredible. You know? And what's been interesting to watch, and I don't know, maybe you're a part of one of these companies, but there's a lot of companies today that will give you paid time off to go volunteer somewhere. All right, have you seen that, right? I mean, they'll pay you and maybe your team at work to go volunteer at Graceworks or to go volunteer, you know, over at Second Harvest or to go volunteer, you know, at the bridge ministry or something. And you get, paid, like, they're giving people time off to go do that. Why do they do that? Well, they wanna make the community better, right? That's great. But they also want you as a team to come together. And what they've realized is this. When you serve together, all of a sudden the team is unified. And all of a sudden you come back and you go, man, I appreciate my company. They're investing in the community. This is great. And I'm like, yeah, that was established 2,000 years ago. I mean, come on, you know, like, I mean, you're just figuring this out? I mean, but that's what happens. God knows. God created us. He knows how we work and how we flourish. And you have a role. You have a role to play in God's church. And it's to be like Jesus. And to be like Jesus is to be a servant. To be like Jesus is to be a servant. And that's our call. You know, there was one day where Jesus had his disciples, these these 12 fishermen guys, he was doing kind of the on-the-job training, you know, in Matthew. And it tells us in Matthew chapter 20 that they're walking along, and then two of the disciples' mom shows up. James and John, their mom comes in, and, you know, here's this Jewish mama, right? You know, this helicopter mom. She comes in, and, and she's like, hey, Jesus, come here. He's like, okay. And she kind of pulls him to the side, and she says, you know, I'm looking at these 12, but, you know, my, my two sons are, are much better than those guys, you know. So, I mean, I know they're special. I mean, they're, so when you come into your kingdom, would you put one at your right and one at your left? And literally, that's in there, Matthew chapter 20. You can go read it. And Jesus is like, uh, you don't know what you ask. And she goes, oh, yeah, my kids are really special, you know. And he's like, no, can they go through the same things that I'm going through? Well, the other 10 get pretty mad. I mean, you can imagine. The other 10 are going, what? What do you think, we're chopped liver? I mean, what's going on here? And so all of a sudden, this argument kind of breaks out. Jesus brings them together in Matthew chapter 20, and he says, guys, listen, you're acting like the world. You're acting like the pagans. You're acting like the Gentiles. The Gentiles, they lord it over people. It's all about authority. It's about top down. He said, not so with me. Not so in my kingdom. Whoever wants to be the greatest is called to be a servant. They're called to serve others. They're called to make a difference. And then Jesus makes this radical statement there in Matthew chapter 20. He says, just as the Son of Man, Jesus, did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Now, if anybody should be served, right, it's Jesus. But Jesus left the throne room of heaven and came down to us to serve. And he's like, that's the example. That's what I've done for you, and I'm giving my life for the glory of God, to make a difference in the lives of others. All right, listen, we are all equipped to minister. And maybe you're thinking, well, I'm not really equipped. I didn't go to seminary, I don't have Bible training. I, no, 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 check this out. Hey, 
so that the body of Christ may be built up. This is why God equips us to grow his church. Hey, when you are in Christ, you have spiritual gifts. See, this is, how, this is how this whole thing goes down, right? When you commit your life to Christ, there comes a point where God draws you to himself and you realize your own sin, you realize your need for God, and at some point you get on your knees and you're like, you're God and I'm not. And come into my heart, my life, forgive my sins and redeem me. At that point, God places his Holy Spirit in you. It says, you know, a deposit guaranteeing eternal life. Like God's Spirit is in you now. And when the Holy Spirit comes in you, then you have the fruit of the Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience. And so all of a sudden now, you are different. Now, it doesn't mean you don't sin. doesn't mean you don't go through struggles. Uh, but you begin to respond differently because God's working in your heart and in your life. God's molding you and shaping you. But God also places through his Holy Spirit in you spiritual gifts. And those spiritual gifts, and there's 16 different spiritual gifts. You can see in Romans chapter 12 or 1 Corinthians chapter 12, you can start to read through some of these gifts. Now, on your worship guide today, or if you're on the website, you, you can go and there is a spiritual gift assessment. And so you can kind of learn what are your spiritual gifts. And, and this is awesome. When you start to serve in your area of giftedness, it's incredible. It's incredible. I just wanna give you just, just a few, just a few, and kind of show you. Romans chapter 12, and it tells us this. If your spiritual gift, if it is teaching, then teach. Right, some of you have the gift of teaching. You're just really good at it, you know, and, and, and you maybe teach in the school system, or you teach somewhere, but you can teach preschool children, students. You can teach community group. You can teach in all kinds of ways, men's and women's. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. Some of you have the gift of encouragement, and I always seek you out. Like afterwards, I'm like, hey man, how was it? And oh, it was so great today. I'm like, thanks, that was great. Yeah, so I, yeah, I find you guys, you know. So I, I love those people. Yeah, it's, like, it's great. So if you have that gift of encouragement, encourage people. I mean, that's what you, you have that gift in you. Just look around and do that, right? If it's giving, then give generously. Some of you have the gift of making money. I mean, you're like really good at it. I mean, it's just like a gift. I mean, you're men and women, you just, you can do that. Give generously. Now make a difference, don't just build your own kingdom, build the kingdom of God, give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. You know, some of you, you can lead. You're good at that, you lead teams at work, you lead teams at school, you lead teams in different places, lead. You know, lead in student ministry, lead in community groups, lead, you know, in ministry, lead in missions, lead. You know, hey, if it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Some of you just have an incredible gift of mercy. I tell you, I mean, I watch you and, and there's somebody who's going through a sickness on your street or in your apartment complex or something, and man, you just go, hey, I'm gonna pray with them, I'm gonna pray for them, I'm gonna get meals. You, you just have this gift of mercy. Now, here's the thing, right? We ought to be growing in all of these areas, right? We may not have this gift, but, but I wanna be better at my giving. I wanna be better at my teaching. I wanna be better at mercy. I wanna be better, and, but we all have gifts, and when you can do all these things, but when you start to move toward that area of giftedness, that's when you thrive. There's probably about three that you have, kind of your top three. And I do the spiritual gifts assessment. And I, it always comes back. It's like leadership, teaching, and faith. And you know, I'm like, I want mercy. Why don't I ever get mercy? <laughs> I mean, I'm a pastor. That's what, you know, I'd be my thing. And I, I work at that. I mean, I love people so much. And, but there's so many great Gifts, but I'm like, okay, I've gotta be continuing in these areas that God's called me to in these areas of giftedness. And when you do that, the body of Christ is built up and it flourishes. And guys, that's for all of us, right? 
That's not just staff, that's everybody. You are gifted. So take some time and figure out what your spiritual gifts are because you have those in your life. Hey, you are uniquely gifted to minister. You are uniquely gifted to minister. And I want you to think about that, that you can do ministry in a way that I can't. See, you have a sphere of influence that I don't. You know, I'm not in your home. I'm not in your neighborhood, right? I'm not in the friends you have at church. I mean, the church has gotten bigger. And and you have a sphere of influence I don't. You have a gift I don't. You have a gift that other people don't. But man, you are uniquely gifted. And when you use that gift, that's when you thrive. And that's when the church grows. Use that gift. Hey, says this first Peter. Each one should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. And sometimes we hijack those gifts, right? We get those gifts and then we're like, man, I'm gonna go out and make a lot of money. <laughs> I'm gonna go out and degrade my job. And I think God wants you to use those gifts in that area, but he also wants you to use the gifts to build the kingdom of God. Hey, receive to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. So notice that God's grace has various forms. That means you can do things that others can't. You can offer God's grace in specific ways. Sometimes your misery can become your ministry. What do you mean by that? Well, I mean this. Who better to walk with somebody through cancer than somebody who's been through cancer? Who better to walk with somebody through grief than somebody who's been through grief? Who better to walk with somebody through divorce who's been through divorce and watch God redeem and restore in their own lives? And sometimes the hardest things that we've walked through, man, you don't waste that. You use that to help others. Use that to say, this is what God did in my life and the way God changed me. And, and we have, on Tuesday nights, we have a care night, and it's awesome. And, and there are a ton of people who come up in different groups that are meeting. There's divorce care, there's grief share, there's ways that you can come, and it, it's ministry in the body. And it's amazing. Hey, you are most alive spiritually when you're serving. I've just seen this through the years. I've just watched people, and you just see the joy in their hearts and their lives when they're serving, they're so alive. You know, about 12 years ago, we moved into uh, this warehouse. We were meeting in the movie theater, and we had some people in the movie theater uh, who were part of our church, and he was a police officer here in our town, and when we moved over here, he's like, hey, we're probably gonna need help with traffic on Sundays, and I'm like, yeah, I didn't think about that. We had a big movie theater now, you know, now we're, at, we're on Columbia Avenue, right? And he's like, hey, I can help out, you know, that, that's kind of what I do, and so I'm like, all right, you take it over. And, and I want you just to kind of hear a little bit about this guy, David, in our church, his wife, Stephanie, but just watch David and see how he serves. My music of choice is Elvis Presley. Uh, I have went to two his live concerts, one in Memphis, one over at Murfreesboro at MTSU, and I listen to his gospel music. His gospel music is awesome. And that's what I try to bring here at Rolling Hills Church on Sunday morning. I think God has given me a talent that he wants me to show everybody, and I try to do that in my dance moves out there. My name is Officer David Collins. I've been a police officer for the city of Franklin, Tennessee since 1976. Oh, I've been doing the dancing for the last uh, 12, 15 years now. And everybody from that point on loved it. I said, well, this is the thing. I'm going to stick to it, and I did. 
Whenever I come here to the church, you know, my first priority is the security of the people and everything here at Rolling Hills Church. But my first impression is out there on Columbia Avenue. Some people that I know that have not seen the Lord or not been with the Lord or don't believe in the Lord sees me and I love coming here and doing the first impression that I can do out there on Columbia Avenue and helping others that might not be a Christian. I hope that they are blessed with what they see in me, with my attitude, with my high fives, my thumbs up, my graces to the Lord and everything. And I hope that uh, I have brought a smile and a brightness to their day. And uh, there have been occasions that uh, people have uh, stopped and said, I've had a bad day, but you made my day better. great i love it people are like oh rolling hills the one with the dancing cop that's great i'm like yeah <laughs> but i love it if you heard his heart at that you know i know this is people's first impression of church and, and i want them to have a great experience i want them to know the lord and so i want to be able to serve in this way and, and i just think that is awesome you know when people come in and they're like oh man it just changes my attitude about church and he's that first impression man people just come alive alive when you're serving. All right, look at this one. Ministry in the church is vital to our own spiritual growth. It's vital to our own spiritual growth. Hey, until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. <laughs> become mature. That's our prayer for all of us. Hey, you're being filled spiritually so that you can then pour into others. Right? I mean, I love that we're, we're all here. We're we diving deeper into God's Word. And we're learning. We're growing. But it's not just for us to stop. It's for us then to pour it into others. And I'll talk with people who will go, man, I go home and I take my worship notes and I sit down with my kids and like, hey, I just want you to know this, you know. Or, or they'll say, I'll use this in a community group. Or, hey, I've got this prayer group that meets before work and we'll talk through the things that we've been talking about. That's allowing God to work through you. You know, we do a biblical study tour to Israel. We go about every two years. We'll go in October of 22. If you've never been to Israel at some point, you gotta go. It's, it's amazing. But one of my favorite places is the, the Dead Sea, just because it's so unique. And, and the Dead Sea is called the Dead Sea because everything in it is dead. I mean, that's the way it's said. But here's why it's dead. It's not for a lack of things flowing into it. The Jordan River for centuries has flown, just flowed right into the Dead Sea, but the problem is nothing flows out. And so it gets stagnant. And it's the lowest point on the earth, and so all the salt builds up. And like, you can lay there and just float. You just lay there. It's just craziest thing you've ever seen. But I think spiritually that can happen sometimes too. It just all this is flowing in and we're learning and we're growing. But at some point it's got to flow out. <laughs> right? At some point it's like, man, who can I help? Who can I serve? Who can I teach? Who can I pray with? You know, it starts to flow out. You're being poured into so that you can be poured out onto others. See, your ministry matters. Your ministry matters. It matters to you, but it matters to others. It matters to others. When I was in seventh grade, I had these Sunday school teachers at my church, right? You know, we used to have Sunday school, you know, and then we'd have worship, you know, kind of like we do here and, uh, for kids and students. And, and I remember in seventh grade, I had these teachers, Carl and Sue Moore, and they were in their 60s. 
But everybody in elementary school, you couldn't wait till seventh grade to get into their class because they always had the best snacks. I mean, they had donuts and donut holes and, and they were awesome. And Carl would come in in his three-piece suit every week because he was the head of the Federal Reserve for like the southern part of the United States. And, and then here comes Sue. And, and Sue, here she is in her 60s and she's got little handouts and you're memorizing scripture. I mean, she's like from moment one, she's like, I only have an hour, so we gotta like get going. And she wanted everybody to learn, right? And see, you know, but it was just fun and it was great. And you're thinking in their 60s, they should be going, okay, I'm gonna stop, you know. But no, they're thriving. And I remember somebody asking them one time, you know, why do you do this with middle schoolers in your 60s? And they go, that's how we stay young. <laughs> and that's how we grow. They go, every time there's somebody different, they ask questions that we never thought of. And it, it's how we keep fresh and how we keep growing. And I thought, that's awesome, you know. And I, I just love that. But your ministry matters it mattered to them, but it also mattered to me. And here I am, a lot older than seventh grade, right? And I still remember them. And I bet in your life, you can start to think back to people, maybe as a church you grew up in, or maybe as a friend, but somebody who poured into you, and you go, what? It mattered. It mattered. You matter to God's church and God's people. Your ministry matters. Hey, find a place at church to serve. Find a place, I mean, even if you're online, you can help people in the chat room, right? You can invite people over to watch, you can send the link out to people. But you're here, you find a place. There's all kinds of places, you know, greeting and ushering and parking and working with preschool and children and middle school. And there's all kinds of places to serve. We talk about this, we talk about worship one, serve one, right? You're being poured into and you're pouring out, right? You're coming to worship, so maybe, hey man, I'm here, worship at 9.30, I can serve at 11. You know, or I can, hey, I can come to worship at eight and I can serve at 9.30 or whatever it is, but you just find a place. And you find a place and you grow. Now, I also recognize there's different seasons in life and sometimes, hey, I can't do it right now, but there's a season or a way that I can serve or a different place. Uh, one of my favorite people at church, I've, everybody really, but you know, is a guy named Brad Dennis. And uh, Brad is awesome. He's a trauma surgeon at Vanderbilt. Uh, but every year, he takes a week of vacation to come and be the camp nurse for our elementary camp. And so this year, we had 400 kids, you know, right here, the Connect Camp. And here's Brad as the uh, camp nurse. And uh, one day, I said, Brad, uh, how's it going today, you know? And he goes, man, it's been a tough day, Jeff. And he said, we've had two Band-Aids and a tummy ache. And uh, it's like, <laughs> I was like, man, hold on, you know? So, but it's awesome, you know? I mean, and he loves it. And the kids love him. They just love him, and I'm thinking, man, here's a guy, right? I mean, he's a trauma surgeon at Vanderbilt, but, but he just sees this as his ministry, and he loves it. He loves making a difference. Hey, we can all make a difference, right? We can all serve in some way. Hey, serving others makes you more like Jesus. I don't miss that. Serving others makes you more like Jesus. Attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Ministry is spiritual growth. It really is. We talk about discipleship, man, that is so important, but being a disciple is also serving. It's also giving back. Uh, I remember several years ago, there was a, a guy who started coming to church, we were in the movie theater, and, and I remember watching him, he was a young guy, single adult, committed his life to Christ, I remember baptizing him in a horse trough in the lobby there at the movie theater, the ushers are popping popcorn, like, what are these people doing, you know, it's like, and here he is, being baptized, but, but to watch him then grow, and to see him go, hey, I can serve, and he started leading out on, on a softball team, and, he, and he, God just started blessing the team, and he just started bringing guys to church, and, and then he met you know, a 
girl at church that got married, and now they have kids. But then he was leading a community group. Next thing you know, they're hosting a community group in their house, and, and he's leading. I remember one day he called, and he said, hey, uh, I just wanted you to know, Jeff, that there's somebody from our group, they're in the hospital. But, but don't worry about it, We've, we're already here. Our whole group has come down, and we're already here. We're praying with them. We're praying with the family, and uh, We've already set up a meal train, so we've got meals covered for them for the next week, and uh, somebody's gonna go mow their yard, but I just wanted you to know so you could pray for them. And I was just like, wow. And that was, I mean, seven, eight years later, but just to see his growth and his ministry and just watching him care for others. And, and now even today, you know, he's a leader in our church. He leads in, in so many ways and so many ministries, and he's got a big job at work, but man, he just loves it. And I've watched his family grow, and I just see him come alive. Ministry is spiritual growth. It is. So does your life look more like Jesus or like the world? Did we fall into the trap like the disciples did in Matthew 20, where we go, you know what? Hey, wait a minute. Who's more important, right? Look at me. Look at me. And he's like, no, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. Serve. Love God. Love others. Make a difference. I love Psalm 84. Psalm 84, it says, better is one day in your courts than thousands elsewhere. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. Man, I want to be a doorkeeper, you know. Put me in, I'll be a doorkeeper. I love it. I just want to be in the house of the Lord than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. And sometimes in our lives, man, we can gravitate toward the world because we're immersed in it all the time. But man, are we gravitating toward the heart of Jesus? Are we falling more in love with him? Hey, Two great measures of spiritual growth. If you just kind of want to look in your life and say, hey, am I growing? Am I maturing? Here's two great measures, service and humility. Am I growing? Am I serving more, you know? Start at home. Serve your spouse. Serve your kids. Serve your roommates, you know? Serve. And then allow that to spill over to workplace. Allow that to spill over to other places. But serve in the church. Start putting others before yourself. Humility. Right, humility is not thinking less of yourself and putting yourself down like, oh man, I'm terrible. No, 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 no. Humility is thinking of yourself less. <laughs> it's starting to go, wait a minute. What can I do for them? How can I make a difference in their life? What can I do? That's Jesus. Philippians chapter two says your attitude or your mindset should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature God, right, fully God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, something to be held onto. No, he left heaven. And he came down to earth, and he took the very nature of a servant. And being found in human likeness, he humbled himself. Taking the very nature of a servant, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. And therefore, God exalted him to the highest place. And God gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess, Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Guys, it's all about Jesus about knowing him and falling in love with him. And if you haven't committed your life to Christ, then why not today? Today, say, Jesus, I need you. I, I'm hurting. I need forgiveness. I need grace. Christ, come and redeem and restore me. And if you are in Christ, man, start to follow, start to engage, grow deeper in this walk with the Lord because God wants to do great things in you. And the best of your life is still to come. Still to come. So you follow, you trust, you do the fundamentals, what matters in your spiritual life, and God will grow you to the whole measure of
I want to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes just for a moment. I don't know where you are today. But I know that God is here. I know that God is with you. I know that God loves you with an everlasting love. Maybe today is the day of salvation. Say, Jesus, I need you. Maybe today you just go, I've been fighting the battle on my own. (laughs) Jesus, come into my heart. Let me love you, God, but let me love others too. Let me start at home. (laughs) Let me just love the people around me. Let me serve them. Maybe today God's speaking to you about how to engage the church. You're saying, okay, I'm ready. Put me in. I've been coming, but I haven't engaged. But now, here we go. So, Father, here we are, your disciples. (laughs) And, Lord, I'm so grateful and so thankful, Father, for every person here. And, God, I pray you would draw our hearts to you today. I pray you would grow us deeper in our faith today and more in love with you and more in love with others. Father, you took 12 disciples to change the world. What could you do through all of us in here? What could you do through all of us, God, fully committed to you? God, that's what we long to do and long to be. So God, move in our hearts and our lives. Change us forever. In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen, amen. Wow. Thanks for listening to our Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast part of the Rolling Hills Podcast Network, where you can find great podcasts like Making History Parenting Podcast, Men's Leadership Network, RH Women's As You Go Podcast, and more. If you want to learn more about what's going on in the life of Rolling Hills, download our Rolling Hills app or visit our website at rollinghills.church. From there, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook and stay up to date on what's happening and the ways that you can connect. We're thankful for you.